0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, we're on the eve of a national showcase game for BYU football. We reveal our bold predictions for Saturday's showdown
1: at Wisconsin. ESPN College football analyst Rod Gilmore is live on the show today. He'll call the game in Madison and the Friday Five getting you set for BYU football and tonight's basketball tip-off. Plus, the play-by-play voice of the Wisconsin Badgers, Matt LaPay, joins
0: the Friday fun. Why he feels this matchup is the biggest non-conference home game for whiskey in a decade.
1: And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. This is how we do it
0: Friday, November 8th, BYU Sports Nation. We're doing it live. I'm Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan. The ultimate wingman sits to my right, wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us at BYU Sports Nation part of your day. It's been 16 years, one month and 20 days since BYU beat a ranked non-conference opponent on the road. They can end that streak tomorrow against 24th ranked Wisconsin at Camp Randall in Madison. You may be thinking, yeah, but how many road games... Has BYU really played against ranked non conference teams since that 1997 win over Arizona State by three in Tempe? Well, uh, looking between 1998 and 2004, I found at least six more opportunities. I didn't have enough time to go all the way up through this year, but six opportunities BYU had
1: against ranked non conference opponents, and they lost them all. So this is a rare opportunity for BYU. Absolutely. And I think that Cougar fans are energized and excited by the five game win streak. Um, Tom Homo just tweeted something that got my oh man, got me extremely excited, even more excited. He said, "One of our boys, Anthony Bergen, flying the Y flag high in his Black Hawk helicopter serving in Afghanistan, peace." And he, he tweeted this picture, and it's in Afghanistan, and this helicopter is flying through the air with a Y flag in the middle of it, and I thought, "It is on, baby. That is so cool. So if you haven't seen that, uh, I just tweeted a minute ago, or check out at Tom Homo, uh, just a really exciting picture. BYU-Wisconsin, huge opportunity tomorrow. How about a rise and shout? For our military service personnel. Anthony Bergen. Anthony Bergen,
0: representing Afghanistan. That is instant chills. Take a look. Jerem just retweeted that, so did I. Uh, you can see that at Spencer underscore Linton or at Jerem Jordan, also at BYU Sports Nation. Friendly reminder, you can listen to the show every weekday, noon eastern, 10 AM mountain on BYU Radio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network Channel 980. BYU Sports Nation on demand every day at the newly launched BYU Radio.org. You can catch our rebroadcast every weekday, 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. That is how you listen, and we would like you to join our conversation. The more the merrier. Send your tweets again to at BYU Sports Nation. Like and comment on our new Facebook page and vote in our daily poll question at BYUtvsports.com. Sports.com. We want to hear from you on any and all social media platforms. Today it's all about getting bold. It's a Friday.
1: Here are the options. BYU by 17 plus. That's my, it's, the running joke, right? It's a staple, man. BYU outrushes <laughs> Wisconsin. How about that? Okay, that's juicy. Taysom throws for 300. Bronco jumps around after the third quarter.
0: <laughs> and uh, he, he may actually do that. No, no, he won't. No, J- Bronco is not going to jump around.
1: We'll get to that. You, t- you talked to him yesterday, one-on-one for the pregame show, tomorrow on BYU TV, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's right. So we'll we'll uh, hear from Bronco. You're one on one, and that's why. But just maybe,
0: can you imagine Bronco Mendel starts jumping in between third and fourth quarters?
1: Oh, I can see it. I just don't. I just think he's going to be in the zone now. If BYU's up by twenty-one or something, he's going to jump around.
0: <laughs> there will be a lot of fans across BYU Sports Nation jumping around throughout twenty-one. That's right. At that point, that's for dang sure. Rise and shout, my friends! Here are five things to get you set for all things BYU sports this weekend. We call it the Friday Five. Number one, bring get it. you
1: Ready for the weekend on BYU Sports Nation with the Friday Five. Blue zone domination.
0: Okay. BYU has an extreme challenge going up against Wisconsin. One of the best teams in the country when they get inside their own 20 defensively. And it's no secret the Cougars. The best team. Yeah. Number one. Number one. Number one overall. Okay. See, I knew they were number one in the Big Ten, but I didn't realize they are number one overall. So, Wisconsin. They know how to defend inside the 20, and it's no secret that BYU has had their fair share of struggles once they get inside the 20, a huge thing, huge thing to watch tomorrow between BYU
1: and Wisconsin. BYU's 107th out of 123 uh, teams in the country in red zone touchdowns. That's what we're talking about. When you get into the red zone, what percentage of the time do you get touchdowns? And Wisconsin is leading the country at 38%. Man. Man. That's getting it done. That's close to every three times you go in the red zone, you're only getting a touchdown once. That was Iowa's problem last week. BYU's got to be better. Yeah,
0: Iowa was great between the 20s, but Wisconsin hunkered down, got it done. BYU TV analyst David Nixon told BYU Sports Nation what the Cougars need to do inside the blue zone. You know, I think BYU just has to stick to what they do best,
2: and and that's getting down there and and gaining positive yardage on on first and second down and, and giving taste in a manageable third down situation. And, uh, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is, is when BYU gets down there, they end up shooting themselves in the foot with penalties um, or, or plays that go, go for no gain. So uh, especially when you're on the road, you've got to make sure that, that each play is, is positive.
0: BYU, Jerem just told me this, 49% touchdown rate inside the blue zone. And that is not enough. We'll see what they can do against Wisconsin. A key point to watch for tomorrow between the Cougars and Badgers. Let's go number 2. Bi-Week Rust versus Bi-Week Rest. Ah. Huge. Another huge question. How many times have I said huge today, Jeremy? What's Huge! The count? What's the count at? Who knows? Probably like 11? Okay. Uh, you read into this in a lot of different ways because BYU was banged up after Boise State and Bronco Mendenhall told me yesterday in our one-on-one interview, and we'll have more of that later, but... He said it, it came at the perfect time. Like this, this was a well-scripted bye week and a needed one, and much different than coming off of Texas and going into Utah so early in the season when BYU had all that crazy momentum. So I feel like the Cougars are ready, and I'm not buying the rest. Or the sorry the rust factor. I, I think BYU is rested and they are refreshed and ready to go. So I I am on board for they needed this and it will benefit them. How do you see the
1: rust versus rest scenario? I think there's always a little bit of rust coming off of it just because it's been two weeks since BYU. It will have been two weeks in one day. In fact, fifteen days since BYU has snapped a football in a in a game. So I think initially they'll, there will be a little bit of rust. But will the rest be greater than the rust? That's the question.
0: Absolutely. I think it will. David Nixon, again, on the show this week, said as a player, always tricky coming off that bye week. That first quarter, it takes it takes
2: you a little bit of time to get back into the grind of things, which is always kind of worrisome. Uh, I, I hated bye weeks for that reason. You go out there in that first quarter and your eyes aren't as trained as they were a couple weeks ago. Um, but. I think it's positive the fact that BYU, they've got that confidence. And that
0: is the number one thing right there confidence. BYU has it. They've won five straight. Number six will have to come in a very tough place to play, but they feel like they can win this game. Let's go number three. It's a Cougar Showcase. On so many levels, this game will present BYU with an opportunity to shine in the national spotlight. It's on ESPN, national game. Everybody's going to be watching. We had two marquee games last night on Thursday, so BYU Wisconsin becomes that much more tasty and that much more appealing for just the average college football fan. Kyle Van Noy has been added to yet another award watch list semifinalist. The, Lombardi. The yesterday. list continues to grow. Kyle Van Noy has an opportunity to impress some voters across the country.
1: BYU has never had a player win a defensive-only national award. The one that Kyle Van got last year is kind of newer. I don't put it in that category. When Jason Buck won the Outland Trophy, Outland trophy that's best interior lineman. So that's offense On either de- side, yeah. On offense and defense. So this could be a first for BYU. It's so big that BYU made a website for a guy. BYU made KVN3.com. So Kyle Van has an opportunity in the Wisconsin game to to earn himself more street cred. I, he's not going to at, at this point in the season, he's not going to win one of these. He's a semifinalist, he might even be a finalist, but he's got to do some awesome stuff in the next couple of games. He needs to have a Texas game again against Wisconsin and Notre Dame, and he has a chance to do that.
0: Yeah, I guess what. You're going up against two of the best rushers in the country. You're going up against the only team that has two guys that average over 100 yards rushing a game. This is a time to shine for Kyle Van Noy and he's going to re-
1: uh, relish that. If he has a pick six like Utah State, but in the Wisconsin game, that's huge because there's guys like Anthony Bart, UCLA, and other guys across the country that have made plays in big games that people have noticed. Kyle Van Noy needs to do that against Wisconsin. Let's
0: go, number four. Boom, shakalaka. <laughs> it's back. It lives on. BYU basketball back at it. The Cougar. Well, official tip-off, we we had the scrimmage, but this is the real season tip-off tonight. An in-state rivalry to do it, too. Weber State coming to the Marriott Center. They are 0-19 versus BYU in Provo in that building and we talked to coach Randy Ray of Weaver State yesterday and he said look it's 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 really simple it's one getting back in transition which many teams have failed to do against BYU over the Dave Rose era and two rebounding how are you going to out rebound 611 Nate Austin and 610 Eric Meek and not to mention your guards who are 66 and 65 and Kyle Collinsworth and Tyler Haas oh and Matt Carlino is uh, a a very uh lengthy 62 at Three the point
1: points. there 3.6 rebounds per game last year
0: yeah Uh, Carlino can rebound as well. So Randy Ray said, while it's simple, it's going to be a difficult task. But basketball is back, baby.
1: I love hoops. I love hoops. I'm so excited for the BYU basketball uh, season to start. And it's the beginning of Eric Mika as a freshman. Kyle Collinsworth is back. All these questions that we've waited to have answered will begin to be answered tonight against Weber State, who BYU beat by 10 last year. Uh, And so it's going to be a a fun game, and we'll see what BYU can bring against better opponents. We saw a little bit in the exhibitions, but guess what? The Utah County All-Stars, otherwise known as BYU, uh, is on display tonight. Four of the five are from Utah County in the starting lineup. And the projected starting lineup, by the way, is this, a surprise to some. Matt Carlino at the point, Kyle Collinsworth and Tyler Haas are the wings. Nate Austin starts at the four, and then Eric Mika at the five. Get her done. 7
0: p.m. Mountain, 9 p.m. Eastern. That game live on BYU TV. Weber State has lost 10 straight to BYU, 0-19 in the Marriott Center. Cougars hoping to uh, keep both of those streaks going. And number five in the Friday Five. Great Odin's Raven. It's Thor. Oh, any show that has an Anchorman reference is just a fantastic
1: Compelling show. Compelling and rich. Hey, Thor, the Dark World opens today. Jerem, you can see it this afternoon. I am. Before the basketball game. I'm I'm stoked.
0: Hanging out with Whitney. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I dig it. Uh here here's the question and the spin off. Who is most
1: like Thor on BYU's football and basketball teams? Let's go with um and we had this discussion before the show of course. <laughs> Tyler Hawes, if he grew out his Grow lus- it out. if he grew out some luscious locks which would break the honor code and he wouldn't be able to take a test in the testing center, he would probably look the most like Thor, right? <laughs> but in terms of who Thor's hammer is. On the basketball team? Well, from last year. Yeah, Bronson Kafusi, <laughs> And that goes off what Brandon Ogletree <laughs> said last year. During the
0: Gonzaga game, Br- uh, Bronson Kafusi absolutely hammers, no pun intended, Kelly O'Linnick. And the Gonzaga fan base is livid. But BYU fans are going crazy. Like, they, they love what they see. BYU seen. had
1: nothing to lose in that game.
0: And BYU's senior linebacker last year, uh, Brandon Ogletree, he-, he sends in this tweet that says, look, people, you don't understand. Bronson is a hammer, and when he sees a nail, he only knows how to do one thing. <laughs> <laughs> so Bronson Gafusi would be Thor's hammer. Now for the football team, wh- what do you think? Who's Thor? Who's the hammer?
1: Van Noy is obviously the hammer. Okay, But if there were one guy that would be Thor, I think it's Taysom Hill. Does he need to dye
0: his hair blonde?
1: <laughs> it would. Yeah, you'd need it to be blonde. And then Loki would just be any player from Utah. How about that?
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: You had to get there. Travis there, Wilson you? is Loki.
0: <laughs> Thor comes out today. Oh, and, and the great Odin's Raven. Credit to Ben Bagley, our producer, for that. He he sold that well. That That is that is money. That wraps up our Friday Five. Now, I get a chance each game week to sit down one-on-one with BYU coach Bronco Mendenhall in preparation for Countdown to kick off tomorrow on BYU TV. What time does it start, Jeremy? 2.30 Eastern, baby. We bring you some of the bites that Bronco gave to me on our Friday shows, we call them Bronco Bites, and we'll start here. I asked Bronco about the health of his team and the injuries that Wisconsin is dealing with. And while he said BYU has no significant bumps and bruises, it's, it's hard to be 100% healthy at this time of the year
3: in November. The style of football Wisconsin plays is tough and is physical. The teams that they play against are tough and physical. Um, and a, even if you take every measure possible as a coach to try to protect your team and get them to game day, It's week nine, and week nine in college football means that a good portion of your roster, um, well, they won't be healthy again until January. That's just what it is. And I'm sure a lot of those players they have that are banged up will suit up Saturday. They won't be 100%, just like some of ours won't, and they play. And that's just how it works.
1: And that is just how it works. But Wisconsin is more banged up than BYU. Uh, Jared Aberderis, we've talked about this week, rib injury, Chris Borland, hamstring They've had some other injuries. They're they're actually going to play a different center, a redshirt freshman in this game than they have the last couple games, who actually won the job at a fall camp, but has kind of switched back and forth. BYU knows what that is like on the yes. offensive line. But BYU is relatively healthy. Because of the bye week, Daniel Sorensen, who was concussed against Boise State, gets to play. That is a big deal for BYU's defense, especially against a guy like Aberderis. And BYU has been relatively healthy. They suffered some bad injuries in the preseason – which is easier than having to do it in the season. So I I like where BYU's at in terms of health. Wisconsin's got some things to figure out. We'll see how effective Chris Borland is on Saturday and Jared Aberderis. Attitude reflects leadership, Captain. Thank you. Remember the
0: Titans? Absolutely. Uh, Very quickly, if you're not familiar with Chris Borland and Jared Aberderis, that'd be like BYU playing without Kyle Van Noy and Cody Hoffman. So two significant guys dealing with some bumps and bruises. On to number 2 of these Bronco Bites on Friday. I asked him what a win at Wisconsin would mean to the BYU program right now. And while he said the win would obviously be nice, it takes another direction. And he talks about just really relishing the opportunity of this independence.
3: Certainly it would be significant, and I'm not going to downplay that. The only difference now is timing. I mean, we have played teams similar. We have beaten teams similar. Um, the, The great thing now is through independence and finally in year three, we have these kind of teams late, not only at the beginning of the year, not only in the middle of the year, not only three quarters through the year, but at the end. And that's more fun and it's more challenging.
1: Yes, a challenge in November. It's not New Mexico State, San Jose State, who beat BYU last year, oddly, or New Mexico State or Hawaii. It's Wisconsin, baby. Big Ten, Notre Dame. I love it. BYU has a chance to prove it. You're 6-2, and two, you've won five games in a row, but the season is still relevant in November. This is, this is one of the biggest games BYU's played in a long time. I, I almost feel like uh, going into a game and the stakes, the TV exposure, everything, it feels like 9 Oklahoma, where you know BYU's a good team, has got a shot. Oklahoma was better than this Wisconsin team, in my opinion. When the season was done, maybe not. But at the time, it's all about at the time when you play that team, BYU you felt good about that game and so i i feel good about this game i'm a little nervous because of how good wisconsin is the way they play the game where the game's being played but byu in the last five games has shown that they're a pretty darn good team on the
0: number three of these bronco bites no doubt this is a big game for both teams bronco telling me that in these type of games really it's very few plays that will
3: determine who wins usually equal games Equal teams on a big stage, it comes down to three to five plays at the most. And um, if you take the Iowa Wisconsin game, there was a few blue zone plays that changed the game. So we'll get on the plane, we'll fly out there, we'll play 200 plays or 150. We'll come back, and I'll remember probably three.
1: That's really interesting because you you know he remembers more than that, but that's really what will stick out in his mind. Uh, and, and the play will the. The game will come down to a couple plays. You think about the Houston game of all those meaningful plays in that game, which, by the way, we found out yesterday, we're going to have rights to have that on our website and rebroadcast as much as we want. That's kind of, that's news. So that instant classic we'll have available, by the way. So we'll tweet out links when we get it in our library online and everything.
0: You're already calling it an instant classic? Yeah,
1: it's an instant classic. 47-46. <laughs> love it. The, Of that game, there's probably, like Bronco says, three to five plays that stick out in your mind from that game. There were 20 to 30 plays that you could probably think of, but it's really going to come down to just a couple of plays in crucial moments. And trust me, before that play happens, most of the time you're going to feel that moment, you're going to feel that where it's, this is one of those plays. This is one of those plays in this game, and, and does BYU react positively here? And I joke
0: when I say that as an instant class because I witnessed it, and it is. You were there, Abs- man.
1: Absolutely. Oh,
0: my goodness. And finally, in the Bronco Bites, we've talked this week about the incredible atmosphere at Camp Randall Stadium, one of the best places to watch a college football game. BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler says it's one of his favorites in all of college football, and part of that atmosphere comes after the third quarter when the Wisconsin fans jump around. Bronco told me that his team practiced to this song, Getting Ready, and he listened to it So many times he may actually join in both song and dance.
3: We played it at least 400 times yesterday in practice. Let's see, it's three minutes. Well, whatever that is, an hour and a half practice, the song is three minutes and something. So it started, the minute practice started and went for an hour and a half. So I don't know how many times that is. Well, it happened again today, so... I might sing the words besides jumping.
0: <laughs> we did the math. How many times is that song played in 90-minute practice? 25 times.
1: Tw- <laughs> House of Pain, jump around. 25 times. Will Bronco actually jump around, like he said, in between the third and fourth quarter? Will if, he do it? If they're, if they're up big, perhaps. I don't think he's going to do it. That would be a bold prediction. He oh makes, makes Center if he does it.
0: Very quickly, we go to Twitter and those bold predictions. At BYU Clark says Taysom throws three touchdowns, one interception, and one forced fumble, intentional interception, just so he can hit someone hard. Oh, my.
1: (laughs) (laughs) At Eric Biggert, Wisconsin Giant O line jumps around a little too much, cracks Earth's mantle below Camp Randall. Game canceled after third quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Love
0: those big baddies on the line. And Trevor Mattis, for that matter. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, we delve into the play-by-play voice of the University of Wisconsin. We're back with more after this. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU
1: Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation
2: on BYU Radio.
0: BYU basketball tipping off tonight. Nate Austin in the starting lineup. And we welcome you back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation.
1: Tonight on BYU TV and BYU Radio, it's a double dip of hoops. The women's team opens the season against South Dakota State at 5 p.m. Eastern. They're the Jackrabbits. And the men's team hosts Weber State, the Wildcats, (laughs) at 9 p.m. Eastern. Watch and listen to both. On BYU TV and BYU Radio. That was a
0: dramatic pause after the Jackrabbits. Did you want people to think about that one? No. Okay. On that note, we welcome in the play-by-play voice of the Wisconsin Badgers, Matt LaPay to BYU Sports Nation. Matt, we read somewhere yesterday that you said this is perhaps the biggest non-conference game Wisconsin has played at home in the last decade. Why do you feel that way?
2: Uh, well, take a look at who they played <laughs> in, in past years of the <laughs> last decade. It's uh, they've taken a few hits, as have a lot of teams in the Big Ten. Uh, the, the Big Ten commissioner Jim Delaney, a couple three years ago at least, uh, was went public and urging all of the uh, all of the member schools to ramp it up a little bit and out of conference. And um, you know, they played. Wisconsin has played some pack, some now pac twelve teams. Uh, Washington State has has been to Madison in the last few years. Arizona State. Uh, in 2010, it, it was not a great Arizona State team. It was good. It was athletic, but I don't think as good as this BYU team is now. Uh, they have, uh, to be honest, they played a fair amount of FCS schools at home in, in that time. So, um, to me, it's a pretty easy argument to make that, that BYU comes in here, especially the way it's playing right now, that BYU would be the best out of conference game that Wisconsin has had at home. I have to make sure I have those words at home. Underline, but uh, probably the best team to come into Camp Randall out of conference in the last decade.
1: Matt, uh, Wisconsin's been prominently featured uh, this season nationally a couple of times. You know where where BYU fans were paying attention. The Ohio State game was one where Ohio uh, a, a great game. Wisconsin nearly pulls it off there, and then the Arizona State game, which was extremely frustrating to me as a college football fan. Uh, how how have the Badgers uh, or have you gotten over kind of just the debacle at the end of that game?
2: Well, it's something that, uh, as head coach Gary Anderson said, it's something that you don't forget, but you have to move on from. Um, uh, there was part of me that almost felt sorry for Purdue because that was the next opponent <laughs> yeah. and opener for Wisconsin, and I just all week had a feeling that uh, uh, this was going to be a long day for Purdue, and it turned out to be just that. Um, it, it was a debacle. and I think you know it's easy for the radio guy of Wisconsin football to say that, or anybody connected with Wisconsin, but the fact that uh, so many neutral observers nationally uh, have, have called it as such, and uh, to me, it's, it's an embarrassment to the Pac-12. I mean, those guys—what they called BYU Utah game the next week, right?
1: Yeah, you're telling so, us. Yeah, we we oh, yeah, uh, we did so, that. <laughs> yeah, so you know, people kept saying
2: that the Pac-12 apologized. They didn't apologize. It just it said it. Screwed up. You <laughs> I said I made a mistake, and uh, uh, but that said, Arizona State's a good team, and I, I don't want to take anything away from ASU. I mean, that, that's a team that's uh that's playing for a lot out there in the Pac-12 conference. But to your question, I, it's not. It isn't a game that you ever forget if you're Wisconsin, but you have to move on from, and and the Badgers have done a good job of that. What I think is disappointing for the fan base right now is that it's still, it's ranked, you know, Wisconsin's ranked 24th in the BCS standing. So while most people or a lot of people don't necessarily view Wisconsin as a two-loss team, it's a, there's an asterisk to it. Um, clearly, the pollsters do, the computers are not overly kind right now to Wisconsin. So there's a price at least to date that Wisconsin is playing. Now, if the Badgers are fortunate enough to win out, and that's going to be anything but easy, but if the Badgers win out, then you know, I think the hope around Madison and the state of Wisconsin is they can still move up and, and be in position for a major bowl game, but but obviously that remains to be seen.
0: And you bring up an interesting point there. We were talking about this at length yesterday uh, here on BYU Sports Nation as we're talking to Matt LaPay, the radio play-by-play voice of the Wisconsin Badgers, and and that is that BYU's trying to get into that nationally relevant conversation uh, not so much have the fast track to get into a BCS game, but they want to be in the discussion. And for the Cougars to do that, they need a win against Wisconsin. And so uh, that's a, a compelling storyline in and of itself that both teams kind of, if they want to be in that BCS discussion, they need this win.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And knowing that BYU has Notre Dame in a couple of weeks, there's a, there's a great opportunity, obviously. And you guys know that. and All the BYU fans know that. But to me, that's what makes this game unique, for an out-of-conference game. I mean, this is uh, in November. Uh, Wisconsin's played a, a handful of out-of-conference games late in the year. They, they played Buffalo in 2006. They played Cal Poly, an FCS team, that very nearly and probably should have beaten Wisconsin, quite honestly, in 2008. Uh, the Badgers went to Hawaii in, a year later. So they've had these kind of games, but the stakes for this one, for an out-of-league game, the stakes for Wisconsin and for BYU, for that matter, are are very high. And that's why I I think there's going to be a fair amount of energy in the stadium. Fans who are aware of that, um, and they certainly are aware of the history and the tradition of the BYU football program, I think the atmosphere should be pretty good. So you've got two teams that are – that you know, went through a couple of bumps early but clearly are hot right now with BYU five in a row. Wisconsin only had a couple of games in October, but it won and looked good doing it and won a little bit of a throwback slugfest last week at Iowa. So uh, the Badgers are playing pretty well, too, despite some injuries. Uh, they've been able to fight through that and uh, are moving forward and I think still have a lot of high hopes for what they can accomplish.
1: Wisconsin play-by-play, Matt LaPay joins BYE Sports Nation. Uh, when did House of Pain jump around begin to be played after the third quarter, and uh, do you jump around? In the booth,
2: uh, uh, take a part of your question. No, I don't. I have, a ver- I, have a, I have a bad vertical, so I'd probably blow out an Achilles tendon or something if I tried. Uh, it started. It started in 1998. They had a, uh, a night game. I think it was a homecoming game against Purdue. That was when Drew Brees was uh, with the Boilermakers, and um, they were, you know, the marketing folks were just looking for something to uh, take the noise level. Uh, up a notch or two, and uh, that that was when it, it caught on. The game was, was terrific. It was a marathon game. Drew Brees threw 83 passes that Whoa. night. These the statistics were just crazy. That was just uh, barely Wisconsin, broken
1: two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. By yeah, Connor Holiday, yeah, Washington State.
2: Right, right. Well, Wisconsin was able to win the game. Uh, they were bending. They weren't breaking. They had a big pick six in that game against Brees, and Wisconsin was able to win it. And that was a big win, in route to a Big Ten championship for Wisconsin, but it was on that night an October night in uh, 1998. Um, it was an immediate hit, and um, the uh, the stadium, uh, depending on where you're sitting, it'll sway a little bit. Uh, it's always kind of fun to see uh, fans or even media members at, at Camp Randall the first time around when they play that uh, sometimes they can be um, taken by surprise, uh, a little uncomfortable for a couple of seconds because the stadium will uh, will sway. You feel like you might be having a tremor, might be in the middle of a tremor, but um, <laughs> such is not the case, but it's a pretty good show.
0: Camp Randall, one of the best places to watch a college football game, BYU in Wisconsin on ESPN, 3.30 Eastern, one thirty Mountain, and for you, Matt, 2.30 Central Time, Correct.
2: Correct. Two thirty six.
0: Got to get my time zones uh, straight. The running back showcase in this game is very intriguing. Like I said, there are a million reasons to watch this game, but there are two FBS teams that have two players on their roster that average over 100 yards rushing per game, and it's BYU and Wisconsin. Talk about what uh, what you think uh, in regards to that matchup on Saturday.
2: Well, I, you know, for Wisconsin folks, they they've really been thrilled to watch Melvin Gordon and James White. They've been as good as. I think people expect it and maybe at times even better. Gordon, although Iowa did a very good job against him last week, but Gordon, every time he touches the ball, it, it seems like he could be a threat to go all the way. And, and James White has been, in his career, outside the Wisconsin locker room, I think, has gone underrated, but yet he could still end up leaving Wisconsin as the all-time school leader in yards per carry, and this is a program that's had a fair amount of uh, really good running backs through the years, to put it mildly. White had, ended up having a big day last week against Iowa. So that one-two punch has been very, very effective for Wisconsin. I, I, think, I know I am, and I think I can speak for any number of Badger fans eager to see the the BYU combination of, of Jamal Williams and, and Taysom Hill and you know, you know, we're telling folks over here that you know, you know, people. You can look at the numbers and see that Hill leads the team in rushing, but you can't help but notice what he's done throwing the ball in the last five games too. With his completion percentage going way up, and uh, um, you know, the, the combination of, of Hill and Cody Hoffman, uh, Skylar Ridley, whatever it may be in a given play, um, it's something that, that you have to respect as a defense. And I'm really eager to see how Wisconsin is going to be able to keep pace with the fast pace with which uh, BYU plays on offense. Wisconsin faced a pace team very similar to this in the Arizona State game, but you know BYU brings a little different things to the table besides simply moving quickly, snap to snap. So it's going to be uh, fun to see how well Wisconsin has improved in that area from middle from the middle of September to
1: right now. Wisconsin play-by-play Matt LePez on BYU Sports Nation. What do you think of uh, BYU linebacker Kyle Vanoy?
2: Pretty good. What's not to like? You know, I just had uh, a chance to watch uh, through the magic of DVR about half of the BYU schedule, and uh, you know, a guy that um, moves around so well has length, um, with more of a basketball term, but I think it's applicable for for Kyle Van Noy. And I, I think the the good news for Wisconsin, not the you know, not so much for the current Badger players, but the current coaching staff, a number of them have seen him live, not just Gary Anderson, but the uh, offensive coordinator, Andy Ludwig at San Diego State last year, he saw way too much.
4: Yeah. <laughs> he, <Van>. he
2: did. <laughs> the kind of ball game that he had. But um and even Wisconsin's linebacker Chris Borland, um, you know, he's obviously not gonna have to be on the field at the same time as Van Noy, but he's a he's a fan of the game. He likes watching guys who play well and then he has spoken very highly of, of Van Noy and, and why wouldn't you? I mean, he's a you know, he's a semifinalist for some major awards for for a reason, as you guys know.
0: Matt Lapay, the play-by-play voice of the Wisconsin Badgers, wrapping up with him on BYU Sports Nation. And Matt, there there has been so much said uh, among media experts about the. The respect that these two teams share for each other and the coaches and Gary Anderson and Bronco Mendenhall, how they know each other, how they have uh, uh, an established friendship, given that Gary coached at Utah State for a number of years and has coached in some capacity against BYU for the last 10 seasons. But for the casual fan, and especially those in Madison, what's the feeling uh, that they have, do you, do you feel, going into this BYU uh, game, and, and what do they think about BYU from that, that national perspective?
2: Well, I think, you know, if you ask an average Badger fan to name a lot of BYU players, uh, that might be a tough. Cast similar to an average BYU fan. Okay, you know, name these six Wisconsin players. Hey, that that's that's probably not something that everybody's going to be able to rattle off very quickly. But but clearly, people in in the state of Wisconsin who are college football fans and and those who've been around for a little while, let's put it that way, it, you can't help but be aware of the tradition of BYU, the the great teams of Lavelle Edwards, and clearly what Bronco Mendenhall has done in his time. It's it's a team that goes. To bowl games regularly, um, you know. I think around in Madison, you know, Jim McMahon's name is going to come up among others. Uh, you know, they will go, go back to, to those years, but bear aware, and it's uh, that's the one thing that I think everybody connected with the school has tried to make a point of. A November non-conference game traditionally is not overly attractive. This is a very obvious exception to the rule. Uh, Wisconsin is still playing for a lot. BYU can be playing for a lot. Both teams are good. Both teams are playing really well now. So, again, I go back to what I said a few minutes ago. I'd be very surprised if the atmosphere uh, was anything other than really loud. I'd be disappointed, to be honest with you, if it was anything other than really loud. I know even Gary Anderson, as a lot of coaches would do, is urging the home crowd to stir it up knowing that that BYU likes to play fast on offense and and any help from the quote-unquote 12th man would be greatly appreciated.
0: Great insight from Matt LaPay, the play-by-play voice of the Wisconsin Badgers. We appreciate the time, Matt. Have a great call tomorrow. BYU and Wisconsin, 3.30 Eastern on ESPN. And uh, again, Matt, uh, great stuff. We appreciate it.
2: All right. Take care, guys.
0: Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, we have more Bold Predictions. Uh, And we go to Twitter and Facebook for that. But first, it's going to be Rod Gilmore. He'll call the game for ESPN. He joins BYU Sports Nation next. You don't want to miss it.
2: We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is
3: Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation.
0: Taysom Hill, a.k.a. Taters, On display tomorrow against Wisconsin. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Tomorrow we've got you covered for... BYU and Wisconsin pregame coverage starts at 1.30 Eastern on BYU Radio and 2.30 p.m. on BYU TV. The game on ESPN, national audience, BYU Radio at 3.30 Eastern with live postgame coverage on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our next guest joining BYU Sports Nation is a man who knows a thing or a thousand about college football. Rod Gilmore has seen his fair share of games. And, Rod, BYU and Wisconsin presenting a number of intriguing matchups in this national showcase, what are you most excited to see between BYU and Wisconsin?
4: Oh, hey Spencer and Jerem, how are you guys doing? We're great. Uh, We're good. 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 This this ought to be a good one. I I'm hard pressed to pick one uh, theme, but I think what I would say is that this is probably the most um, overlooked, but most intriguing game of the weekend. I think folks are you know talking about LSU, Alabama, and the like, uh, but this game has some great great players. Um, and still has some BCS implications if you kind of play this thing out down the line. If either one of these teams were to run the table and wind up 10-2, and uh, I, I think the one that does that would be in the discussion about a BCS game, uh, despite the 10-2 and records that they would have at that point.
1: You've done a bunch of BYU games over the years. Uh, BYU's offense looks a little bit different now. What have you noticed in terms of BYU's growth from the start of this season to now?
4: Well, it starts with Taysom Hill. I mean, I I did a few games last year with him, and really the way teams attacked BYU was to uh, try and take away his ability to run and force him to stay in the pocket and throw the ball. Well, (laughs) he's kind of flipped the script on them now. You put him in the pocket, and he's killing folks with his arm right now. So to me, uh, his quick release, his decisiveness... Uh, it's light years ahead of what it was last season. So he's as complete a threat a quarterback uh, as you'll find in the country right now.
0: Rod Gilmore, ESPN college football expert and analyst, will call the game tomorrow on ESPN with a 3.30 Eastern time start at Camp Randall in Wisconsin. And, Rod, we've been asking uh, a lot of the analysts and media members about the, the atmosphere of Camp Randall and the jump-around situation between the third and fourth quarters. Have you uh, ever experienced anything like that in your life? And if so, uh, where else? Uh,
4: well, you know, every venue uh is a little different. Uh nothing quite like jump around. Uh it's a great <laughs> tradition. Uh even though it's only what about a, a 15 or 18 year tradition that they have here, but the entire uh crowd gets into it. It's outstanding. But you know, you can be at Autzen Stadium for the Oregon Ducks. It's loud and crazy there. Um, You know, we were at Clemson a few weeks ago, and coming down the hill, the players coming down the hill, touching Howard's Rock, uh, that's a great tradition. There's there's just a number of things in college football that just really stand out that are unique to each place, Uh, and jump around is one that definitely gets your attention.
1: Now, BYU, uh, this is year three of Independence, Rod. Uh, The first two seasons of BYU did not play this type of schedule, but now has the opportunity in November after uh, you know six wins in the first eight games, a five-game win streak, starting to make a little bit of noise just outside the BCS. What do you think of BYU as an independent, given what's been done this season?
4: Well, first of all, I, I think you'd like to have that Virginia game back. You know that, That's the one that you go, if BYU had not dropped that game, they would be considered one of the top one-loss teams and end the discussion. Uh, I think the fact that BYU is in their third year of independence and playing a challenging schedule... Um, says exactly what Bronco Minnhall wants it to say. You know that that they want to be relevant. They want to take on all comers and see if they can get to a national championship and win one. Um, you know, as an independent, playing the most challenging schedule. And the thing that works for BYU, if they continue to do this next year, if that's if that committee, the playoff selection committee, actually follows through and pays a lot of attention to strength of schedule and who you play, when you play. That's to BYU's benefit, and it's also good for college football because it's going to encourage other teams to play up and to play more challenging schedules as BYU is doing.
0: Rod Gilmore of ESPN joining BYU Sports Nation. And, Rod, you mentioned BYU and Bronco Mendenhall's drive for more relevance. The current view on the Cougars from a national perspective, at least from what I've gathered, is interesting because after the Texas game, it was all about, oh, the Longhorns are terrible, and not a lot of people were talking about what BYU did because they had lost Virginia. Then then BYU rolls Georgia Tech, they survive Houston, and then they embarrass Boise State on a national scene. So do you feel like from a national standpoint the country is noticing BYU you more now?
4: I think they're right on the edge. I think this weekend is is really critical for that. I think the reason why uh, they didn't get more attention early on was because of the Virginia loss. And I, I think they would even have gotten a pass on the Utah loss because Utah's tough at home and Utah beat Stanford and all that kind of stuff. But the Virginia game Uh, The opening game of the weekend, I think people had high hopes for BYU. And then when that Virginia game happened, folks said, oh, well, it's going to be a mediocre year. And so to dig out from under that took a long time. And now they're in a spot where they're playing a good Wisconsin team, you know, on the road, a national audience, and they've already taken care of, you mentioned the Boise State, Georgia Tech. They do that kind of thing against Wisconsin. They'll be smack dab in the middle of a national discussion about how good they are and what they can do if they went out.
1: Rod Gilmore of ESPN on BYU Sports Nation. He'll be the analyst on the Wisconsin-BYU game tomorrow, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, as a Stanford grad uh, last night, uh, kind of a big night uh, for the Stanford Cardinal. What did you think of the game, and where does Stanford fit nationally?
4: Uh, You know, actually, it was was a great night uh, for the the team and the win, but it was also great to uh, see John Elway have his number retired, a bunch of us. Uh, who played with John came back and uh, spent some time with him and celebrated all that. So that was great. Um, Where does Stanford fit? Uh, they're probably the best one-loss team out there. Um, you know, Utah took them down in a close ball game, and I think Stanford has a different style of playing. You know, in the Pac-12, and they're they're a physical team. And I think you have to say that at least right now, when you talk about you know who's the lead dog in the Pac-12. Well, Stanford won the Pac-12 last year, and you know they've taken down uh, uh, Oregon this year. Oregon gets a lot of the attention with the flash and dash, but Stanford's been the most consistent program in that conference the last two or three years. Um, so I think that Stanford fits in the discussion. I don't think they're in position for a national championship discussion unless a bunch of other teams lose, but they certainly will be in a BCS game if they continue to play as they have.
0: I think... BYU fans view Utah as Oregon fans view Stanford because the Cardinals, are, are right now, they're just duck killers. They, they just get it done. And uh, man, they, they're playing some really good football. Now, the other big game last night was Baylor and Oklahoma, and everyone said, okay, Baylor's putting up big points, but against who? Well, now they roll Oklahoma. Are the Bears relevant for uh, sneaking into a potential national championship game?
4: Uh, Absolutely. I mean, you have to keep in mind that they still have a number of tough games out there and teams that have winning records. You know, Oklahoma State is out there. Texas Tech is out there. Texas is out there. So when they play those teams, their computer numbers will go up. At the same time, a team like Ohio State, which is undefeated, they won't get that same kind of bounce. So there's a really good chance that Baylor, if they continue to win, will jump over Ohio State And then you start looking at the one-loss teams. there. You've got Stanford there. Well, they're probably going to be ahead of Stanford. Um, And Florida State and Alabama right now are probably the two lead dogs. So Baylor would have a shot. They wouldn't jump over Florida State, I don't believe, and they wouldn't jump over Alabama. But as we saw last night, it's not easy to go undefeated. Somebody else might lose.
0: Rod Gilmore of ESPN joining BYU Sports Nation. And, Rod, for your sake, I, I hope you get to uh, ex- not only just witness the jump-around situation, but uh, I would almost encourage you to, to participate.
4: <laughs> if I can get away with it, I'm right there. Think
0: you, you think you still got it in your legs as a former Stanford football player?
4: Oh, uh, those knees are gone. They went a
0: long time ago. <laughs> hey, Rod, have a great call tomorrow on ESPN. We appreciate the time.
4: Uh, Spencer, Jeremy, thanks so much. Anytime.
0: Thank you. All right, coming up on BYU Sports Nation, we get to the Cougar Whip Around and a special guest appearance from a key member of the BYU women's basketball team. And we, we go to break with this via Twitter. At Spence, 1CA, Wisconsin, and his bold prediction says rushes for less than 100 yards. Taysom Hill has three TDs. Alani Fua sack celebration leads defense in saying, badger, badger, over and over. We're back on BYU Sports Nation after
2: this. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this.
1: This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs. Welcome
0: back to BYU Sports Station on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here in the BYU
1: Broadcast Building. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's basketball. BYU begins the regular season tonight by hosting Weber State, 9 p.m. Eastern, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Soccer.
0: 19th ranked BYU dominating Pacific 3-1 last night. The final day of the regular season, Saturday against St. Mary's BYU can end in a tie for a piece of that West Coast Conference
1: title with a win. Women's volleyball. The 21st-ranked Cougars beat San Francisco in three sets last night, led by Catherine LeChaminant's 10 kills. BYU plays at Santa Clara Saturday afternoon. Women's basketball. The season opener today,
0: 5 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio against South Dakota State. And on that note, we welcome in one of the rising Cougar stars on the women's team, Lexi Eaton. Coming off an ACL injury, good to have you back healthy, Lexi. How do you feel about the team heading into the season opener?
5: I think we have a lot of good pieces and we just need to put it together and tonight's the night to do it.
0: Jeremy, I'm going to ask you to, to, at some point, channel your Jeff Judkins uh, impersonation.
5: Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm, the, I'm, big,
2: I'm the best shooter at B-Y-O.
1: <laughs> Love Coach Judkins. Uh, anyway, you you averaged almost 16 points a game uh, before your ACL injury through eight games last year. Do you feel like you're at that point?
5: Yeah, I feel like I can do everything I did last year physically, and uh, I feel even better mentally, so... I think I've worked a lot in the off-season and have a lot more tools, so now it's just a matter of transferring it over.
1: What did you work on in the off-season, aside from rehabbing and getting healthy?
5: Right. Um, So after rehab, well, during rehab, I worked on my shot a lot. I shot 500 shots a day. Um, Wow. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So I put in a lot of time, too. I, I would say six hours a day over the summer. Um, not just like physically, but watching film and reading, uh, reading books, and just kind of thinking the game and getting a better basketball IQ.
0: At some point, we're gonna have a BYU Sports Nation challenge where we have like a three-point contest with Lexi. I thought you were gonna say like a book no. readathon. No, nope. <laughs> like a, a BYU Sports Nation book club. As as embarrassing as it might be because I understand that you're one of those people that gets off the bus and you're in range, you know? You're just like, uh, okay. And it is what it is. When you shoot 500 shots a day over the summer, that's what happens. But, but we, we need to do this. Lexi Eaton joining BYU Sports Nation. You have South Dakota State. What's the mentality for a basketball player after a long off season and especially when coming off an injury, of getting back into a real game scenario?
5: Yeah, I think, um, well, obviously I've never done it before, but in my opinion, I think you have to be... Um, You have to not try and force things at the first. You have to try to find a rhythm at the beginning. And and I also think it's key to not have any fears to start out with. So I feel like I've prepared myself a lot in the past 10, 11 months to uh, get rid of those fears. And I feel like I'm ready to go. Jennifer
0: Jennifer Hampson is is who I wanted to ask about next. Uh, She's not playing volleyball. She's redshirting. What kind of a difference have you noticed with her and her preparation on this team uh, heading into the season?
5: Yeah, it's been a huge difference. I didn't I didn't think it would be that big of a difference, but she just has a lot better timing and a lot better feel for the game. Where before she would come in uh, fresh off volleyball and would kind of be swatting the balls like a like a volleyball player and uh, not sure exactly where to go. But I think now she um she's she's really good at blocking shots now. Like we worked on it with her and her timing just overall is a lot better and defensively she's she's a huge presence inside for us.
1: We know she can dunk. We know you were a high jumper on the track team. Have you dunked? Can you dunk?
5: Oh, man. Um, I'm close. I've dunked a volleyball before. Nice. So I'm wow. I'm getting up there. How well, tall are you? 5'10". Uh, 5'10". Five, ten. Five, ten. Will yeah. you be
1: doing anything with track?
5: Yeah. Yeah, that's the plan. As long as I stay healthy, I think Coach Judkins will be okay with it. Uh, that's okay. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, just get buckets. no blood. <laughs> That's pretty good.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Well played, Jerem. And good luck tonight, Lexi. South Dakota State, BYU on BYU TV, 3 p.m. Mountain, 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen or watch live again on BYU TV. Now we move on to something we do every Friday. It's our favorite sounds of the week. I feel really comfortable with where our team's at right now, and uh, I'm excited for this Friday. So they've got the, the, the old veteran, James White, and, and, and here he is with 804 again this year already. And then here comes the youngster, Melvin Gordon, the redshirt sophomore. He's already got 1,000
2: yards. Taysom is perfect. He's a great athlete. You get him in space. He's a quarterback that can beat you with his mind, his arms, and his legs. And he's getting better and better at it every single week.
3: I think that's where this Joey team's headed and started off slow, but they've, they've kind of found their identity... And now they're kind of on that cruise control um, with some big games. Two FBS teams out of the 125 teams, two of them that have two players each averaging 100 yards or more on the, uh, on the, on the ground per game, and it's BYU and Wisconsin. Yeah.
2: Really, Wisconsin's the one that uh, the pollsters are waiting on because a lot of people think that Wisconsin is second-best team in the Big Ten to Ohio State. It's going to be a physical game. They're a good opponent, and uh, if you can't get excited for that, then uh, get out of here, you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: We love that part of the week—the greatest sounds—and man, BYU Wisconsin, are you ready to go, Jerem? I'm ready. I'm ready for the game. Can we play now?
1: Let's do it. Oh Let's do goodness. it. And if you missed our tweet, we jumped around. We jump, jump. jump. We Li-
0: did it literally in the studio. You, n- you need. We to don't see need it. a
1: third quarter to end. We just <laughs> jump when we want.
0: More tweets now, and we we're asking about your bold predictions. We go to at ride for my Niners. Taking that to San Francisco 49ers fan. Bold prediction: BYU rushes for over 300 yards and passes for over
1: 300 yards. Wow. That's, okay. Okay. That's borderline insane, but all right, I like it. At RY sent or Sen Trout. I didn't say that like they wanted. Probably. Brett Thompson will have two touchdowns against Wisconsin. Wow. Brett Thompson back from an eye injury, by the way,
0: and and healthy. Bronco told me that yesterday. He's just fine. At UCLA, grab 90. That is Jamal Williams' mom. mom, Nicole, chiming in. BYU wins 27-24, likes the Cougars in a close game. Then she says, I will perform my post-dance.
1: I tweeted at her and said, what's the dance? And someone said, you have to wait for the win. <laughs> at Troy B. Adams, he said, quote, BYU has no chance to win. They're overmatched and outcoached. Closed quote. My fr- My Oklahoma friend in 2009. Hashtag history repeat.
0: I'll oh, see, he had, he had me going there for a I know, second. I know, I know. Well played, effective. Troy. Effective
1: well played. At
0: Jeff Ipsen, BYU 31, Wisconsin 20, Kyle Van Noy with a touchdown.
1: Wow. At Laser Sheep, Wisconsin by four. As much as I hate saying it, I think this road game will be too heavy after the bye. Hope I'm wrong. Here's one of my favorites of the day, Logan Keacher
0: at BYU Sports Nation. My bold prediction is that we get a
1: W. Seriously, that's bold (laughs) enough, honestly. Let's get to the final poll results on BYUtvSports.com. What's your bold prediction for Saturday's BYU at Wisconsin game? The winner is Taysom throws for 300. Okay. Second was BYU addresses Wisconsin. I agree
0: with that because I think BYU is going to chuck the
1: ball against that Wisconsin defense.
0: Illinois threw for three seventeen. You're not going with seventeen plus, Jerem? I'm not. <laughs>
1: I went isn't with that, that with your, Houston. Is that was, your go to? I was two weeks late. It came against Boise State. And then you said you weren't going to do that against Boise State,
0: and it came true. So maybe you should say, yeah, it's not going to come true. is so going to B- beat
1: Wisconsin by 17-plus. <laughs> take, take that out of context. On
0: Facebook, Bob Ward chiming in. He says, Cosmo 27, Bucky the Badger 24. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Gentry Myler, Wisconsin will not have a 100-yard rusher. Now that's bold.
1: And will Bronco I'll jump around between the third and fourth quarters? No. No. Big thanks to our guests. Blaine, uh, Blaine Fowler didn't join us today. We had Matt LaPay, we had Rod Gilmore, we had Lexi Eaton. Thanks to everyone on our crew as well. Producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, station manager Don Cheline, production assistants Spencer King, and uh, our engineer Aaron Evans. Very quickly, rise and shout to everyone across BYU Sports Nation.
0: Had tweets coming in from Ohio and Virginia and Madison, Wisconsin, our senior coordinating producer Michael Miner. With a boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka!